The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Great crowds were traveling with Jesus, and he turned and addressed them. If anyone comes to me without hating his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Which of you wishing to construct a tower does not first sit down and calculate the cost to see if there is enough for its completion? Otherwise, after laying the foundation and finding himself unable to finish the work, the onlookers should laugh at him and say, This one began to build, but did not have the resources to finish. Or what king marching into battle would not first sit down and decide whether with 10,000 troops he can successfully oppose another king advancing upon him with 20,000 troops? But if not, while he is still far away, he will send a delegation to ask for peace terms. In the same way, every one of you who does not renounce all his possessions cannot be my disciple. The Gospel of the Lord. Sometimes people are very quick to take something they hear, read, see, and run with it without proper context. Example, this gospel is full of those issues. If we take simply the beginning, great crowds were traveling, Jesus, he turned and addressed them, if anyone comes to me without hating his father and mother, he can't follow me. All right, if he doesn't hate his father and mother and children and brothers and sisters, he can't follow me. Okay, if he doesn't hate all of them and then himself, he can't follow me. Okay, okay, if he doesn't hate all of them and himself and isn't able to carry his own cross, he can't actually be my disciple. But even that can still lead to confusion. Wow, like Jesus wants us to hate each other? It doesn't make any sense. He just talked about earlier in the gospel, the greatest commandments, love one another as I have loved you. This guy, this guy's full of contradiction. We have to understand, especially with Matthew's gospel, or sorry, Luke's gospel. Luke is, he's talking to, um, to Gentiles. Yeah, I think that's right. I hope that's right. I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure it's right. Anyway, in talking to them, like, what does it mean to follow after Jesus? It means that there have to be things you're willing to sacrifice. Now, family ties were so deep in Jewish tradition. Uh, and Jesus is saying, are you going to be more loyal to your family or to me? That's a big deal. You know, and, and even in modern day Judaism, that's still a really big deal. Like, that culture is so entrenched in familial loyalty. And Jesus is saying, it's not that you are going to get rid of them. It's not that they're not going to have an impact or be important in your life. But if, you, if they have a greater importance than I do, then how can you ever follow after me? You know, there, for whatever positive or negatives we want to look at about the military... There's some really great things about the Marine Corps. I was never a Marine. I served in the Army, so it's a different, but 
Marine Corps really stresses that idea of being broken down to nothing and then being built up and to exist in this one entity, that the core is more important than an individual. And in our own lives, God, the creator of the cosmos, who actually gave us our parents and gave us all the people around us, is saying, can I take a higher place than them? Well, God, you can't except I have to take care of my child because they're a gift. And I gave you the gift. Would you give your child back to me if I asked for him? Where does that come up in scripture? Abraham, Isaac, Jesus. God doesn't ask things of us that he's not willing to do himself. Let's just remember that, especially in the humanity of Jesus. So yeah, the, we always want to have context around things. Now when we talk about St. John of the Cross, this guy would have been considered a crazy person in our modern era. You know, he, his father was very rich, well-to-do, married below his class, therefore was disinherited, so John grew up in a very poor family. This is the 1500s. But he had a love of faith. He had a love of, of God. And he wanted to serve and to be of service to God in the church. So he joined uh, uh, a Carmelite order. But was discovering that within that, he wanted to go back to even more basic, rudimentary, simple way of living. And so he brought about and sought reform within the communities he lived in. He wasn't renouncing or getting rid of them. He wasn't saying that you are bad. He's just saying, I want to do it this way. And he was met with a lot of opposition. And we think of, when we maybe think of reform, we think of possibly you know, the Protestant Reformation, how it caused great division and schism. The thing is this, reform is actually important and necessary. Jesus was bringing about reform, if we think about it in that broad context. Hate these people, hate, quotation marks, put me first. He's reforming the structure of, of that tie to the family versus the tie to God. Even the idea of like how we plan things, like you don't just set out and plan something without counting the cost. He literally asks that question, like do we count the cost? Do we think about what it's going to take to, to live out this mission? If we're not willing to change within ourselves, then how do we allow the Lord to move in us? Because to think that any of us popped out perfectly, we'd be, we'd be foolish. None of us is like that. We all need some reform. We need some change. We need some development. We need some, some tweaking in life. We can only do those things if we have someone to be pointed towards who is perfect, who is without sin, who gives us teachings and methods. So John of the Cross, yeah, he looked like a crazy person. He was actually the most, the most um, resistance he was met by were the older friars in the community. We don't want to change. Get him out. And like they beat him. And this is bad. Like this is not good. But he persisted. And this is something just cool to think about. Sometimes we think of saints in isolated ways. But St. John of the Cross had a really important friend, St. Teresa of Avila, 
she inspired him and encouraged him to help bring reform because she had already done it in her, in her communities with the nuns. Like, how cool is that that these saints actually were friends? I think that's so cool. So context is always important. Reform is necessary, and it's good to change. But that brings about a whole other idea. How do we know that change is being truly led by the Lord? We have to have faith and trust in him. John had to have faith and trust in how his heart was being moved, that it wasn't just a a whim. It wasn't just a, a passing breeze idea. But it, it was something that was deeply seated. Some of the things that we have deeply seated in our lives are really good. And some of the things we have deeply seated in our lives are less good. And some of those deeply seated things need to be tweaked. And that's okay. If we're not growing and learning each day, then just, Lord, take me now. What else do I have? What, what other purpose do I have to be here? But if I'm growing and I'm changing and I'm adapting, I'm, I'm deepening, then yeah, I want to stick around because there's, there's more that is to be played out and lived out. John on the cross is a great example to us to boldly do the scary things that God's inviting us to do. Even if the people we care about and love and spend time with reject that. Because God is first. And if I'm willing to, of all the possessions I have, give away the people, that's probably the hardest thing. Money, you know, like physical, material things, okay, but do we ever think about people as a possession? Am I willing to, to give away this person? Am I willing to give away the control of that relationship? Am I willing to give away and surrender that person's opinion of me? Do we ever think of it like that in order to let God be first? Brothers and sisters, we have a week and a half to Christmas. We have more to prepare for, for Jesus. And so today we just ask for the intercession of St. John to help us surrender those things we cling to so that we can open up in our hearts new paths for God to enter.